Real talk, real soul. Welcome to Soul Speak, your HQ for ideas and conversation, the podcast show that tackles today's toughest topics. Now, here are your hosts, the Delivery Crew. Welcome to Episode 6, Video Games Part 2. There's this one case study I'm looking at by ResearchGate.net that um, has... It's, it's pretty in-depth. I don't think... Um, my biggest issue with it is that they only focus on like uh, three kids for two and a half years. Like that's not a very a um, wide sample. But um, what it shows is there was this kid who um, was going through psycho psychosocial analysis and how he would react to cards that had different scenarios with his family. And he was an isolated gamer who only played solo player games. And he had very low self-esteem. And pretty much the study shows like the link between low self-esteem and low confidence comes from being alone. And the reason why he would always be alone is because the only thing he enjoyed was video games. And the, the one bone I have to pick with that is I grew up and the only time I had was to play video games. Like that was, it was better than talking with my family because I understood they had problems. And so my escape was video games. However, I then, I didn't enjoy it anymore. I realized I wanted friends to enjoy those video games with. I I mean, I still enjoy single player games all the freaking time. However, it's always good when you can go through a game and talk about it with somebody else. So I think um, like one thing they should definitely mention the story because the result is, the finishing result is, Playing video games and it being the only thing you do can lead to low confidence and low self-esteem. So it is an issue. You should not solely play video games. And that's what I think um, us as gamers should at least promote. Like uh, there is a safety issue when you do that. However, if if you can like balance that or at least f- like have a social life in the gaming community, then what's, what's so different about having a social life with a working community or at your job and you only do your job and then hang out with people you work with? Like, it's no true different. The, the biggest outlier there is the side effects that are caused from being alone with video games. Well, but that's what's everything, though. Like, think about the reason why you can't do... Sorry for interrupting, Matt. I was just going to use solitary confinement as an example. Like, you can't just be humans are social creatures so yeah like in this study like technically if this kid was a loner to begin with he was video games didn't make him like that in my personal opinion it probably helped well he said like the way i was uh i'm gonna let matt go back with his point i can't we kind of came in at the same time no it's good um yeah, you know, what I was gonna say is the difference there between your video games and your and your your uh, your work relationships is, yeah, you work all day with these people. You spend you know eight to ten hours a day in the office, and you're like, okay, you're a cool dude. Let's go get a drink and just talk. And you yep. get an exposure to what's actually going on in their life. A and B, you get to see them face to face. So it it has to do with more real things because I feel like. Even just in a party chat, like when we're just chilling and talking about things, it's it's always about the game. So you don't really get anything beyond what's going on in the game, in my experience. I mean, other people may um, have different experiences, but... I would say I so, would have a different experience, but go ahead, Tyler. 
So I, I actually, I could totally understand that side of it. Um, because yeah, if I, if I beat somebody solely through the game, you know, it's hard to really break that level between like a gaming relationship, which is now possible thanks to the evolution of online gaming. Um, but like, it, you're right. In that same instance, like if I meet somebody that I like from work and we start hopping on the game together, we're more apt to start a more personal conversation than I would just some rando in a lobby. But there is also the outlier that you end up making really, really good friends through gaming, which I do have a handful. Yeah, but my, my point is kind of how often, A, are you in the same town and you have the opportunity to like oh, true. go see them and do things outside of the game? And B, because of that that physical distance, like how much are you going to be able to talk about in common? You're not going to be able to talk about art because your concerts happen at different times. I mean, obviously you can discuss albums and things like that, but you could never say to them, "Hey, my favorite artist is in town. Let's go. Let's go buy some tickets and and go to this thing." You can't talk about yeah. politics again because you're in you're in different areas. Um, you can't really talk about like. Uh, local politics, at least. I mean, if they're in the United States, you can obviously talk about that. But my, my point is that there's there's enough that the Internet is beautiful because it brings us together from all over the world. But at the same time, your society isn't all over the world. Your society yeah. is what's local to you. And how much can you actually like talk about and interact about if you're not if, if there's not some physical connection, if you can't see each other? I totally agree. And I think that's absolutely where like that disconnect is going to be between like, you can't run your entire social life through the internet. You cannot. I mean, it's not healthy. I mean, well, I will definitely agree with that as well. I mean, I've got kind of a different side to that where don't get me wrong. Yeah. Again, like I said earlier, staying cooped up isn't exactly the best thing. I mean, I did that when I first moved to UA, to be honest with you. Like, whenever I came down here for college, I had zero friends. I just went to class as soon as I got out of class, did homework on campus because I knew I wouldn't do it at home, and then went to my apartment, immediately started gaming and talking to all my friends back home. And, like, I literally put myself in a stump. Like, no joke. My grades started falling. Like, I just I, – all I want to do is hang out with my friends because it's like I wasn't home. I didn't consider this place home. Like, so I used it as an escape, like using this as a recent of turn of events. Like, hell, I didn't start hanging out with anyone till honestly, I started working at Domino's. Yeah. Like, I mean, freshman year, I had a I had a roommate named Cooper and his gaming, quote unquote, addiction got the better of him. Like he would sit at home. He would wake up, play Forza while the rest of us were all in class. He would skip his classes. Um just sit there and play the game. And I don't even think like he was playing online, but he didn't have a headset or anything. He wasn't like interacting with mm. other players and we would come home from class and then he'd be like, okay, you guys want to drink? And I'm like, sure. You, you want to go out? You want to try and meet people? And he's like, no, you guys are cool. We're just going to chill here. And so we would all just drink in, in the, um, in the dorm and he never, he never got out. And because of it, you know, he was he was socially awkward and he, um, you know, he couldn't he couldn't get laid to save his life. Not that he he had many opportunities. I mean, there weren't a ton of women passing through. See, it's not like she was just pulling up to the door. Yeah. Um, and like he just he 
decided to drop out. He took a job in construction, dropped out of college, and that that was the last I heard from him. Yeah. Um, just connecting it back to uh, an interactive point, um, I think whenever you spend seven to nine hours at a job, like you were saying, and are able to connect with someone at a personal level, the same thing falls hand in hand with the game like if you as someone like me I, I would average about five to seven hours on the game which is a lot and I didn't have a social life for the longest however I, I've learned a good balance of both and um, however with that said um, when you spend seven to nine hours playing with somebody on the game their personal life will somehow inevitably get involved whether it be from parents yelling in the background and then you ask questions and then because like you're so you're with a certain group so much you end up just wanting to learn more about them i know a person i used to play with back in um sixth grade uh his name was austin in real life but on the game i couldn't i couldn't remember his name he had changed it so freaking much and um <laughs> we would always play black ops one together i didn't know who he was in real life i met him in a random lobby and uh, we just ended up talking and getting personal on the game. And then I figured out he was at my school, went and met him. And then through him, I literally met five of my best friends that I would carry for all of high school. Yeah. I mean, and you got lucky there because the distance wasn't a factor. Yeah. But even then you have a lot of situations like there's a lot of videos and a lot of like posts I see now where like childhood Xbox friends will fly to each other and meet. Well, I was going to say, that, funny enough, I had a similar situation with the, like with you and that. It was like I, like, I had a very good buddy in high school. Uh, and pretty much, uh, I was, I wouldn't say we were the best of friends, but like we, we had a couple classes together and like we would shit talk and all that fucking shit. And, uh, like, I just remember one day I was in a party with one of my buddies and, like, from school. And then he was like, hey, can I invite this other dude? And I was like, go for it. Why not? And he invited, like, this other kid and, uh, like, turned out he went to my school. And he was like, hey, I'm going to go invite this other dude, my friend by name. And uh, he, he was like, I was like, cool. I haven't met him before, but let's go for it. Invites him in. Holy fucking shit, it's the dude that I've been cutting shit with in class. I didn't even know we had an Xbox. And, like, next thing I know, like, we become even closer. Next thing I know, like, uh, I start meeting people from, like, our rival high school, and I start hanging out with them. Like, it, like my social group grew because of gaming, in my personal opinion, because I was... I'm not going to say I was that weird kid. I was more or less the kid in the back of the classroom that I got along with everyone. I'd talk to you if you talked to me, but for the most part, like, I just kind of kept to myself unless my friends were in the class. But, like, gaming, gaming broadened my social, like, experiences in my personal opinion. Yeah, and, and, and I can see kind of the inverse of what we're talking about, too, in my experiences. I, um, when my girlfriend got her job assignment and she moved out of state, like we tried to do long distance for a little bit. And the big thing that we did was we would play overwatch and have a party and just shoot the shit while we were killing things. And, um, you know, it worked for a certain amount of time and like, you know, we'd watch Netflix together in a party or something like that. And it, like I said, it worked for a certain amount of time, but eventually the distance just gets to you. 
And well, this is from someone who does, isn't a fan of distance, whether that be like friendships or relationships or whatever. But um, I think it's it's I just think proximity is important. So again, in your situation mm-hmm. where the kid went to your high school, I can see how that works. I just don't see how you build a, a, a proper friendship, a proper relationship with some random dude who you've been playing Rocket League with who lives in freaking Taiwan. And like all you have in common is you play Rocket League and you're both good at it. I mean, uh, it also comes with how far you're willing to put in a sh- relationship with a stranger too. That's fair. It's, That's because it's point. like how about you we don't just talk yeah, randomly with everybody. Because it's work. like don't get me wrong. Like again, going back to high school, me like I had buddies. Like there's a reason why my gamer tag is the reason why it is. Like I used to be in a clan. And like, whenever I tell you, you couldn't separate us. Like, I they lived in California. They're two hours away. Like, I had all that down to a T. I knew when they would be on. I knew whenever I got off or got off the school bus, I was gonna have to wait about two hours for them to get out of school. We were all the same age, and like, I met them playing Halo Three, and then we would pub stomp, like, just go into MLG playlists and just have a good time. And then don't get me wrong, they were like, you know, on the weekends, we'd even have those like, you know, for our time zone, those two to three o'clock in the morning, like, you know, we're not playing anything. We're literally just sitting at the dashboard. Getting at the party. Yeah, talking like personal stuff, like, and really getting to know each other. I mean, it, it just, it depends on how long you've played the person and how much you're willing to share. It's the same with talking to someone in real life. Like, you wouldn't just go up to a chick at a bar and just be like, my home life is like this. And it's, you just don't open with that. I mean, have you met me? Uh, Fair mm. enough. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you ever been to Florida? <laughs> <laughs> Say, the knives aren't the only thing sharp out there. It's also the words. But with that, though, it's like, I don't know. I could see where gaming can hurt social situations, but like I said, it also goes into how you use it. Like it's all, in my opinion, it's all like, it's a tool basically. It's how you use it, not like how it's being used. Like it's a problem. From other people. It's a problem when you turn on your system to just play something so you can feel like you're doing something. I mean, that's fair, too. Rather than turning on your system because you know you get enjoyment or you know you are learning something about a field that interests you or piques you, such as like playing World of Tanks. They teach you all the tanks, all real tanks through every region of the world, and you level up and you get better tanks and upgrade them. And for someone who loves tanks, that is the game for them because it literally incorporates everything to know about tanks. It talks about their plates, how angles will change the ricochet of bullets, all the way to um, uh, like the bullet types, how they affect each different type of tank. Like it, it's a strenuous process. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's what games can provide a lot of people is the opportunity to get encompassed in a realm where unless you have the right opportunity or the right people around you you can't experience and i think you hit the head on the nail there i mean for someone who is interested in tanks it 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 all exists because of your pre-existing preferences and like what you want to be interested in so like i there are exceptions obviously like overwatch who was interested in you know robots protecting the world fighting each other 
I mean, that's kind of cool. It's but. a probable concept. I mean, but then if you take like you, but if if you take history yeah. games and you take something that you're already interested in, yeah, sure, it's a learning tool. You get to you get to do that. You get to associate with friends, but develop new strategies, that kind of thing. With Overwatch, though, it's the same thing with World of Tanks, where you just said like the key word there, strategies. I played Overwatch religiously because it is a very competitive game. You have to have the team comp. You have to like work well as a team. It's the same with the reason why I play Siege. It's uh like Siege in my personal opinion is probably my most played game like on console. Like don't get me wrong, like I grew up in the MW2 Battlefield and all of that, but like and Halo 3, Halo 2 multiplayer just to kind of show my age there but like for the most part like i love those competition level games where you have to be in sync with your team you have to know tactical strategies and that's with overwatch and siege like uh, granted i'll be honest with you i stopped playing overwatch whenever doomfish dropped just because like whenever he first dropped he literally broke the game he would and, obliterate uh, people like he literally broke the game like i just i got that and like people just started throwing team comp out the window ubisoft started like or they've always uh like did nerfs and buffs through the pro scene rather than through the pub scene I, i've got a whole list of reasons for that not going into it um, but like, or not Ubisoft. Ubisoft didn't do Overwatch. Uh, uh, Blizzard. Blizzard. Yeah. I'm not, sorry about that. Uh, anyways, but it's the same with Siege though. Like Siege has its faults, but for the most part, I really enjoy those team comps. Like you have to be in sync with your team. Grant, I don't ever play with, I, I prefer five stacks where I'm playing with my friends. Cause as y'all were talking earlier, I rarely go into public lobbies with a mic on. Like, I just don't like talking to random people, mostly due to the fact that half of them are little kids half the time that think they know what they're talking about, and they don't. And I think most older gamers know that, and that's why mm. they typically don't have their mic on. Like, I know on Siege, if it's a group of older guys, it'll take, like, a round to two rounds, and then someone will be like, hey, I got a mic. And then all of a sudden, yeah. you, you see every guy plug in their mic, and it's like, yeah, man, we're here. <laughs> yeah, that's, Pretty the way, much. That's, that's the way Apex is right now. You got to win a game with them, but then they'll be like, yo, there. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you, you got to like, I mean, I, I guess at that point, because games are becoming so like prevalent, and there's always people, like new people jumping in. You never know who you're going to be talking to. Just like any other aspect in the real world, like how they create um, uh, personality clusters to determine who gets set in what teams. It's almost kind of the same way when it comes to video games. You play with so many random people, you don't want to just have to like cipher through who you want to learn to talk to and whatnot. So you just... You, at some point, there's like a skill level you have to pass in order to talk. Unless someone's just straight up talking the whole time they're playing and you just like their or commentary. Or someone's hella nice. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that, that's how I am. Like, there's been times where, like, granted, like I said, I'll just mute my mic. Like, I, I'll leave it plugged in so if people are talking. I'll hear them talk and make their call outs and everything. But, like, if it's a little kid, I'll usually just turn my game volume all the way up because I'm lucky enough to have Astros. <laughs> but anyways, uh, but no, it's like I'll just turn my game volume up if I know it's a little kid talking. But like if it's a dude talking, 
it takes me, like you said, a round or two to before I'll even turn my mic on because it's like I'm going to see if this person actively knows what they're doing. Because, like you said, with the skill level, like, if this dude's just like, I know there's a guy in that corner and he's just staring at the corner for about five minutes instead of actually moving or trying to push this guy whenever I come up behind you. It's like, all right, let's go. Like... I don't want to talk to you because it's very clear that you're just going to make a call out and then guard the area. And it's like, dude isn't there anymore. Like you waited too long. Yeah. yeah. I think that brings up two really good mm-hmm. points. Um, the first is this, this word that we've kept using over and over again is team. And you can't have a good team without trust. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, you evaluate those people, you figure out what their skills are and you, um, you know, you figure out how you can compliment them the best you can. And that that goes a long way. And whether that's a, a gaming relationship or a professional relationship or a, a relationship relationship, it doesn't matter. If you don't have that, that trust and that understanding, you're not going to be a good team. Um, the other thing was, you know, you're right. Um, you want to, to see if someone's nice. And that's that's also a big part of it is there are a lot of people out there who aren't nice. I mean, these little kids are just out there throwing out, ooh, I fucked your mom, ooh, racial slur, racial slur, blah, 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 because A, they're little kids and don't know any better, and B, just because the internet provides that anonymity and gives you the right, the right, quote unquote, to be an asshole. Well, see, I think that's... Yeah, I think that's changing a lot nowadays due to the fact that not everybody will talk, due to the fact that you can mute. And I think to a certain sense nowadays, um, it honestly can teach you a little bit about social aspects. Like I know me being a guy who, when I was a kid, I would always hang out with people older than me. It didn't matter like what what age I was. I was always hanging out with someone older than me. And there was this kid on the bus who was like uh, in high school at the time. I was in like fourth grade. And I was a squeaker at the time. You know, my voice is still pretty light. And (laughs) he would literally give me lessons on how to talk in the party and stuff to sound cool or whatnot. And um, What a guy. Yeah, like he was the coolest guy ever. And because of him, he kind of set me up to be able to talk to older guys and uh, a party on games and actually form a good team instead of having to play with squeakers or people who just there to troll or whatnot. And um, I think it can definitely provide a sense of that. And talking about the teammate thing, it definitely, um, in the real world, you have to apply trust and all that with random people that you are allocated with in a team. Like, there's a lot of times you don't get to choose your team. Correct. And I mean, I, game, I show up to work as the new hire, and you've got people who've been doing this for 5, 10, 20 years, and... A, I'm the new hire. I don't know shit. I need to recognize that and go to them for help when I need it. But B, I also have to trust that the company has made good other good hires and that these guys do know what they're talking about. Because if I don't trust them, if I think somebody's incompetent, then I can't, I can't work with them. Oh, no, I'm completely the same way. It's like an Overwatch. Like, I'm just going to use yeah. that as an example because it's the... Opening Overwatch before they did the whole you can pick what place you want to be was a cesspool. Like I remember you'd go in there and it's like you'd you'd get a team comp of like 
what five th- tanks like yeah yeah five tanks or you'd have like three dps and two tanks and it's like no healers and it's just like i was i was that flex pick whenever i was playing comp like i was that person where it's like oh we need a healer but i'm better at being a tank okay i will i'll step up and be the healer since no one else wants to do it and don't get me wrong i enjoy playing healer like I, I could play Ana and I could play Mercy really well before they nerfed Mercy. But, like, for the most part, it's like I wanted to play a tank. Like, I wanted to play Winston whenever Dive Comp was a thing. Like, whenever uh, I forget what it's called, uh, or whichever one was, whenever you would do the Ron push. Like, I, I love playing Ron Hart for that. Uh, but it's like. You would get that one person that wants to play uh, Genji that literally runs off from the team, spams, I need healing, runs into the fucking enemy <laughs> team, and then, like, starts spamming, I need healing, and dies without killing a single person, and then sends <laughs> me a message saying, you suck at healing. And you it's like, That's pretty much how it would be is like you'd have that one DPS guy run out and it's like, I don't trust you. I'm not going to heal you because at least the rest of the DPS stick with the team. Because mm-hmm. it's like healer needs to be around the tank. And in my personal opinion, DPS need to be able to hold their own. If you are playing DPS and you can't hold your own, you shouldn't be playing DPS. Agreed. And then you get like once you become acclimated to the game and you learn the processes, you know your role, which is a great experience to have a hands-on experience being able to figure out what role you have as a team that's a great skill to be able to have but with that said um like game games give you a full encompassing skill set that you can apply to any situation in the real world i mean yeah like with siege it's one of the like using that as an example as me and you have played siege quite often together you know i am a flex pick in siege too like I, I can roam, I can anchor, I can be that guy that just goes balls to the fucking walls on attack, run straight, beeline to the objective. I'll get killed, but I'll get two kills on the way there. Like, I've got my good games and I've got my bad games. But it's like, if I notice that we are lacking somewhere, I will pick up the slack. Like, if I notice that everyone's wanting to roam, I'll bite the bullet and play anchor. Like, it's... Mm-hmm. I'm comfortable with that. I'm a flex pick like that. But at the same time, like whenever, you know, it's m- me, four other people and one random and then the one random just goes off and does whatever the fuck the random does. It's like we are at a huge disadvantage because we can't communicate with them because we're in a party. And I'm not going to lie every now and again, like if it's just four of us playing and we get a random, like I'll send the random a party invite. They almost never join. But like. I'll at least give you, I'll give you the common courtesy of, Hey, like we're a four stack. Let's make this a five stack, you know, kind of ordeal. And then at that point you test them. Everyone kills themselves and you see if they can collect. (laughs) That's in quick play. Um, I mostly play ranked, Uh, but anyway, that's that's, that's Thunderdome. Yeah. Well, that's where, that's where the five stack comes in. Where like, I, I mostly play in five stacks. Like I'm as like, I can tell you, like, I literally am almost always, if I'm playing Siege, I'm in a five stack, like, and we're playing ranked. And it's just, 
I don't like playing with random people because of that reason. Because, like you said, I can't trust this person because I have run into more problems with the random running off and doing whatever the fuck the random does and dies. <laughs> and now it's harder for us because now it's four people against five people that may or may not be working together. Yeah. Definitely uh, team aspects are a real issue when it comes to that stuff. However, um, I think the underlying point that should be made in all of this is that, like you said earlier, games are a tool. And depending on the lens, depending on the education, depending on like the cautions parents have on like how they show it. Like it'd be the way the way I would see it as a parent is I know there's an issue when you play too many games. However, I know there's a lot of benefits that I have seen myself and I can see through case studies online. With that said, I would just do a benchmark in a sense and make sure they're learning something from the game, whatever it may be, and then talk to them and understand the game just because I've played enough games myself and I can understand how they work. And, but that's also where we get the disconnect with the parents on this, like where you have parents that will buy rated M games for these kids that really shouldn't be playing them because... And not think twice about it. Yeah, because, like, again, you're talking about, like, honestly, I think the our generation of parents coming up from a personal level are going to be better parents because, like, we, or at least I'll say my generation because technically I was born in 95, so I'm technically a millennial. Yeah, screw you. Yeah, mm. I'm technically a millennial. But it's, like, one of those things where, like, I grew up in, like... In uh, the day of the internet, like I, re I can remember having dial-up. I remember like playing an SNES and all these other games. Like, I and with that being said, my parents grew up in the age of television, along with most of y'all's parents, where like they were literally television kids. Like they sat in front of the television and they were raised by TV. That's kind of how my generation was to a degree. The only difference is, is that whenever video games started becoming prevalent, I started playing video games. And I'll say I, I honestly don't feel like I'm addicted to them by any stretch of the imagination. But I have definitely put more hours into video gaming than I probably should have. But... Like if, uh, that's where I, at some point, if you are able to recognize just mm -hmm. what what it is you do, what it is you want to allocate your time to, it's okay. Like you just got to know what your priorities are, and yeah. at, at some point of the day, you know, you got to be the one to choose your priorities. No one can choose them for you. They can try, they can tell you what you need to do, but at the end of the day, you got to be the one to choose to do them. But um, no, I mean, I agree. It's not to me. Nothing's really a problem until it starts altering your ability to function, like on a day-to-day -day basis. Like, you mean where you can't I, tell the difference between reality and the game? No, I think it's more along the lines of, "Ooh, I gotta wake up and play." Yeah, or yeah, I got a paper due tomorrow. I'm just gonna play one round and then I'm three gonna call hours out later. of work and play this game for eight hours. Yeah, yeah. that's a, that's a problem. Or we're we not gonna talk about Cyberpunk, where there were people literally taking like the this was the first release date whenever it was supposed to come out in November, and they pushed it back to December. There were people that literally took like paid vacation weeks to play this game, and I remember thinking to myself like. 
that's no no offense to the people that did it, but that's stupid because it's like you could have used that week's pay of vacation or like paid time off to, to fly be to with Chicago your, and get cultured. Well, not necessarily that, but I was gonna say like you could use that to spend time with your family. Like you could have used that for an actual vacation. Like, don't get me wrong, I love gaming as much as the next guy. But, like, I can pre-order a game, go to work the day that it comes out, and still feel fine, like, at the end of the day, knowing, like, I'm not going to be able to play this till I get off work. But, like, the people that take a whole day off for a game that they pre-ordered the night before that drops at 11 o'clock, you know, so that they can have a whole day to play it, like, I guarantee you, you didn't play that game the entire day. You took breaks. You probably got away from it to go play with friends. Like, there was no reason to take that whole day off. You aren't going to... And at with that being said, I doubt that you would dedicate a whole week to play an RPG game that you know is open world. Like, I remember, like, the first time I played Fallout 3 or Skyrim... I sunk so many hours into it doing literally everything but the story. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, th- I think it's safe to say, like, there, there's many ways to play games, many, uh, many things to learn from games, whether it be skills, social skills, physical, like, or uh, some games could teach you physical I mean, skills. You got Dance games. Dance Revolution yeah, and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. And then we, and whatnot, VR, like mm-hmm. we were talking about. Um, however, th- there's plenty of things to take from them. Uh, it's a tool. Uh, we would definitely love to hear your guys' personal experiences, what you guys, uh, how video games have impacted you, your thoughts on the subject. Um, we ha- Contact us on our social media page. As you already know, we got Twitter, we got Instagram, we got Facebook. Uh, Hit us up. Yeah, and we also got some new video game merch out. We have our little gamer cup. <laughs> Uh, gamer, gamer cup. Hey man, it's pretty cool. It says, uh, "What's your what party do you align with?" And it says, uh, um, "Shoot, I should know it by heart." It says, uh, <laughs> uh, "I align with my Discord party." Sips hot liquid, and it's on your coffee cup. So that way you can always <laughs> drink your coffee cup and think about your Discord bros or gals. I'm sorry, I will forever and always support the horde. Yeah. Blood out for life. <laughs> <laughs> Right Thank on. you guys for tuning in to episode six of season two. Uh, this is Video Games Part Two. Stay tuned next week as we hit some more heavy topics. Like what you hear or have a topic suggestion for the show? Join the conversation and subscribe now on social media at Soulspeak TV or visit soulspeak.tv for more exciting content. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Soulspeak, real talk, real soul. That is-